So this morning we are going to begin a brand new sermon series. And if you ask me, it's about time. As a matter of fact, that's the name of our sermon series that we're starting this morning. Today, we come together as a church family, officially opening our church with no restrictions to anyone. And you know what? I think it's about time, amen? We are relaunching our church ministries. Our men's group is going, our women's group is going. We're relaunching, you see kids' men back there in the back. And I'll tell you, I think it's about time. It's about time that we've got these relaunched. We're going to turn the hands back on the clock more than a year, and we're going to put our focus back on fellowship together in person, and it's about time. It's been a long, long time since we've been able to come together. Over the next five weeks, we are going to, we're going to look at some very specific areas in your life that need your time, and we're going to look at time. You know, time is, by, by definition, time is, it's this natural resource, but it's this resource that you can't make any more of. It's an element that you can't stop. It's a dominant progression in our lives that just quietly controls almost everything that you do. Your age, it's based on time. Your job, it's based on time. Ladies, if you're going to go and get your hair done, you make an appointment with a hairdresser and you are there, you're supposed to be there at a specific time. You don't have any control over the motion of time. But time rules everything that we do. I'll tell you, I have never been to a funeral and heard somebody say, you know what, I, I spent way too much time with Grandma. I've never heard an old man say, I've spent way too much time fishing. But I have heard teenagers say this, you know what, midterms are in November, I've got plenty of time. Right? I've got a hand raised back there in kids' ministry right now. And then you know what happens is about three months later, they're up all night cramming because they're what? They're out of time. Right? Every person has been blessed. Every one of you has been blessed with a way to make money for your family. You've been blessed with a way to spread more kindness. You've been blessed with a way to give more hope, to climb new mountains, and to, to, to go into new realms that you've never been in before. But you do not have the ability to make more time. Moms, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I'm sure a lot of moms would say, I wish I had about four more hours in my day. Maybe ten more hours in my day. But you know what, mom? You know what you would say? You'd still say, I don't have enough time. See, the biggest question about time, it's not how much do I have. The biggest question is, what am I doing with the time that I do have? I'm going to read you from... 
the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going into chapter number three. Some of you are going to think this wisdom comes from a song out of the 60s. It doesn't. It actually comes from the Old Testament, written by King Solomon. King Solomon was by far the richest man in the world. As a matter of fact, he hired people to spend time counting things that he didn't have time to count. This man's rich. And he's got a lot of things. I want you to see what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And you're going to recognize this. He writes this, verse number 1. It says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. He goes on and he says, A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak, and verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You hear he's talking about so many different areas in our lives, and sometimes we try and put, we try and put the right things into the wrong times. We get ahead of ourselves. We try and solve problems that we don't even have yet, and we end up misusing our time. Through this sermon series, we're going to look at these specific areas of your life, and I want to make sure that we are focusing our time correctly. And honestly, I'm going to give you some homework. I don't have a takeaway or a, a sheet for you, but I want you to, in your mind, maybe when you get home, write this down. It's a little unique in the way our homework's going to work. Homework in this series is going to be important because... There's, it's one thing to come here and just sit and listen to me talk for 45 minutes. But it's absolutely another thing to take the principles of Sunday morning and put them into practice. If I spend five weeks in this sermon series and we look at the time that goes into preparing it and, and all of these, all the, the trailer coming out and the volunteers coming out and everything that goes into putting together church service and maybe we watch online or maybe we sit here but we do nothing about it, I can honestly say that maybe it was a waste of time. We need to make sure our time works properly into our lives. Many of you know that we're a note-taking church, and what we're going to do, in a couple of weeks we're actually going to have notes back, we're going to have bulletins back, and I'll give you something to write on. But here I want you to create two categories in your notes, maybe in your mind. One side of your chart is going to have the hours that you were involved in family time last week. We're going to focus on family time today. The other side of the column, you're going to figure out, you're going to, you're going to fill that in next week because I want you to look back. Next week when we come together, look back and say, this is what I spent in family time this week. So we want to look at, we want to create a control. We want to see what it is that we're doing with our family right now, but we want to measure that change. Let me define family for you. 
family time. Family, for our purposes, today is going to be defined by the people surrounding you in your living environment who are entrusted to your care or for your care. The people surrounding you in your living environment that are entrusted to your care or for your care. I know that in our American definition of family that it's so far removed from what God had, had designed and asked for his children but as we, a lot of us will live in broken families, we do have to remember that, that, that broken families are still families. You might have a mother-in-law living with you who you are so angry with, with sometimes and you don't necessarily consider her part of the family, but she is. You might have that person in your household that lives there when he wants to. Sometimes he's in and out a lot. He never comes home. He's kind of on the outskirts of the family structure. And you really don't consider him part of the family, but he is. I want you to remember something. Not only is it important for you to have a strong family around you, but other people in your family are relying on you to be strength for them. Here's the first point in your notes if you're writing notes down this morning. Family time is a two-way street. Family time is a two-way street. It's not simply about the time that you spend with others. It's also about the time that you let others spend with you. In our families, we should always, always be using God's direction for our families as our guide. God loves his family, you and me. He loves, he loves us unconditionally with truth and with grace. I know that there is somebody in your family who you feel very easy about being truthful with. Because you're going to tell them exactly where they can... That's the truth part, okay? But what about the grace part? Who is it in your family who, who you, can, you can dish up a large plate full of truth, but you don't even think about offering a side of grace? Think about that person in your family who is the hardest person to love. Why are they so hard to love? Well, they're hard to love because something's different. Because they don't live the way that you do. They do things that, that you don't do. Maybe they, they think differently. They act differently. They didn't stand up for you when you needed them to. They did something to get you upset. They, they act in a way that you don't agree with. And what happens is we start minimizing our time with them. That person in your life... That's actually exactly the way that God sees you and me. Exactly the same way. I know that's the way that God sees me. I bet that God considers me one of the hardest people in the family to love. You know why? Because I don't match up to God's level of perfection that he has set. I don't do the things the way that God wants them done. I don't go the places that he wants people to go all the time. And it's sad to say, but sometimes I live my life as if it's 
It's all about me. And, and sometimes that's the way that we manage our families is as if it's all about us individually. God's not about himself. God is about you. And God is about truth. And God is about grace. And for you to be somebody else in your family, or for you to truly love somebody else in your family, it's going to require truth and grace. The Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to the church in Colossae. He was writing to tell them what a Christian life looks like. And I want you to see what Paul writes to them in Colossians chapter 3. He writes this, starting in verse number 2. He says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, You'll share in all of his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthful, or earthly things that are lurking with uh, that are lurking within you. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Watch this, verse number thirteen. He says, "Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you." Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It would be really easy for me to come up here today and to say, we're talking about family time, and the Bible says that you need to spend more time at the park with your kids throwing the ball around. It would be easy for me to say, we're talking about family time, and the Bible says that you need to spend more time with, with Grandma at the nursing home playing bingo. But you know what? The Bible actually doesn't say that. Not that those are bad things at all. But when the Bible focuses on our family and on our family time, Scripture actually comes across with an assumption that there is already something wrong with our family time, that there's already problems. Paul even goes further. He goes on to say in, in um, chapter 3, Colossians 3, verse 14, he says, Above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Here's the second point in your notes this morning. God solved our family time problem before we even knew we had a family time problem. Already solved that for us. Gave us direction. Thousands of years ago, God provided a solution to our family time. He says, be together. Be in harmony. Be peaceful. Remember that you are all members of the same body and be thankful. I'm going to take this a step further this morning. And I'm going to ask you that if you remember, or if you are here at church this morning, or if you're watching online, I want to remind you that you are part of a church family. I wonder if there's people within the church family who are better at dishing out truth than they are dishing out grace to each other. You ever been part of a, of a church where there's tensions? Happens, happens within the church family sometimes. How 
can a family operate without grace? Bickering and quarrels within your household, Bible tells us that it's going to make for a very, very stressful household because nobody is showing grace. It makes it really difficult in a church family, too. If we show a lot of truth, but we don't show any grace. Paul continues this. He's writing a letter this time to the church in Rome. Romans 15, verse 5 says this. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine what would happen if the church was full of people who would get upset at church family members and would step up and offer truth, but then would for, refuse to offer grace and forgiveness. It'd be, it'd be really cliche for me to come up here and list off a whole bunch of quick Twitter sayings about time, right? I could say, you know, you, oh, you don't know how much time you have left. Or time waits for no one. We can say things like, oh, there's no time to waste. And, and, and although these are all truthful statements, the biggest truthful statement about time is, really, there is no time for this. If we're to show an example of Jesus Christ to those in our family, there's no time for, for the endless torment of each other and for bickering. There's no time to be in a household and spend family time without grace. We just don't have time for this. You know what your job is in life? Not your employment job. Your job. You know why you're here? To share God's glory. That's why you're here. To share God's glory. If you were to measure your time spent sharing God's glory on one side of a sheet with time on the other side that is not being productive in our mission of sharing God's glory, I don't know if I want to look at that second side of that sheet, right? That might be a harder one to look at. What are you doing with the time that is not working towards achieving the result of sharing God's glory? What are you doing with your time, specifically this morning, your, your family time, that is not working towards achieving the results of sharing God's glory within your family? What are you doing with your time, specifically your church family time, that is not working towards achieving the results of sharing God's glory with your church family. You can't get it back. During this pandemic, we've learned a lot of stores. Remember when this pandemic started? A lot of stores, they closed their dressing rooms and they said, you can't come in here and try on pants or shoes or a shirt. So some of us started buying online. Same problem. You can't try it on. But what you would do, maybe you would go to Kohl's and you would buy something. You'd make sure you'd keep the receipt because if you went home and it didn't fit, you would go back to the store. And most of the stores would help us out and give us the right size because 
you know, they want to be generous with their, with their grace. They want us to be happy customers. They don't want you to waste your money. In our world, typically, under most circumstances, if you make a mistake and you buy the wrong, the wrong size pants, you can get your money back. But this is so important. This is the third point in, in your notes this morning. You can't get a refund for misused time. I want to say that again. You can't get a refund for misused time. If you make a time a mistake, you can't get that back. You can't take it back to get your time back. There are people right now, this moment, who are sitting in a concrete cell, ser serving a life sentence in a prison for one very bad day that they can't go back and change. You want to talk about one moment in your life changing the rest of your life and you can't get it back. That's how important it is. You remember when you got mad at your best friend or your sister and you just, you just stopped talking to her? You stopped talking? And you haven't had a good relationship in 10 years. You know what I'm talking about. You know who it is that I'm talking about. You can't get that time back. You can fix broken relationships, sure, but you can't get 10 years back. So what do you do? Well, I'll tell you, you start right now recognizing. How do you fix this problem? We recognize that we see that problem coming. We recognize it before we get there. We've got to recognize that truth without grace has consequences. The person that you are about to call up and give a good dose of truth to without offering grace, that conversation has consequences that cannot be undone. Oh, yeah. She might really need to hear what you've got to say. And you know what? God thought the same thing about you and me. God said, you know what? My people, they really need to hear what I've got to say about sin. And I've got some very, very harsh truth for them. But as soon as I'm done talking with them, I'm going to offer up grace. He talked to us pretty firmly. And then he offered up grace. Sometimes within our family, we spend our time telling somebody else the way it is, but we don't follow up and offer the same grace that God offers you and me. See, the Bible gives us direction for our families. This direction, and I'm going to read some verses here in a moment. Our world loves to overlook these. Loves to, to really just push them back and, and, and doesn't like to read these out loud in how it relates to family time. I would say that if it's in the Bible, it's important. Amen? Colossians chapter 3, verse number 18 says this, Wives, submit to, to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. How many people heard the word until in there? God didn't put a time frame, wives, on submitting to your husbands and husbands. 
God does realize, and he did give us a time stamp in verse number 19, he says to never, never is a time stamp, isn't it? Never treat them harshly. Husbands, how much time are you biblically allowed to treat your wives harshly? The answer is zero. I'll just tell you, I'm going to give you that one. That one's free. The answer is zero. Paul continues here in Colossians 3, verse number 20. Kids, children, all the way in the back. Always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Now, I know that kids are in kids' ministry in the back right now. But moms and dads, don't think that Sunday school is the only place that kids are supposed to learn about family time. It's our job to teach our kids this, right? The Bible says for children to always obey your parents. How much time, kids? I know you're back there. Moms and dads, you can answer this one. How much time does the Bible allow us not to obey our parents? It's another free one. Zero. We have no time that we're allowed not to. Fathers, how are we to manage our family time? Very carefully, especially our family time with our children. Chapter 3, verse 21 says this, Fathers, do not aggravate your children, for they will become discouraged. Paul, in his this New Testament letter that he's writing, he's echoing an Old Testament letter or letters in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up a child in the way they should go, even when he is old, and he will not depart from it. Wow. How important is family time with the kids, Dad? Not only did Paul spend time teaching the church in Colossae, in a in a book that we call Colossians. He also is teaching a church in Ephesus in a book that we call Ephesians. And he's teaching them how to manage their families. And when it comes to families, and especially dads and kids, Paul re repeats in Ephesians what he taught the church in Colossians. He says this in Ephesians 6, 4. He says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Dad, it's more than you just spending time with your kids so that you could write down and check a box. Family time. Spent time with the kids. No. It's time to teach. And it's their time to learn. This sermon series could, could, could be split up into five weeks itself on the importance of family time. There's an importance of family time in your marriage. There's an importance of family time with your kids. There's an importance of, of spending time with the people in your family who are the hardest to love. But it's deeper than, than that. It's deeper than just spending time with somebody so that you could say that you spent time. If you're a parent... If you're a, a brother, a sister, if you're a senior member of the church, your time with other people is an opportunity for you to dispense wisdom. That's our job. We've got a lot of jobs. 
We might listen to a sermon like this and start thinking about how much time we are actually devoting to other people. And maybe we start feeling sorry for ourselves because, because we know that we could do better. But I want you to realize that there is another very important reason. It's because somebody needs your time. Dads, your time with your kids. Yeah, that's teaching time. It's learning time to them. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Watch this. This is cool. Paul says this. Why don't you try this? Outdo one another by showing honor. What if we outdid one another with the amount of grace that we were to give each other? What if you were known by the amount of grace that you give to others in your family? Before I finish this morning, I'm going to bring this home to a very, very important point. Not only do you have a family at home, you have a family here at church. And your family time inside the family of God is also so important. Here's the fourth point for those of you taking notes this morning. Your church family needs your time. Your church family needs your time. Over the last year, our church, God's church, his ministry here has been forced into a format of of watching church on television. If, if you would have asked me a year and a half ago if we were ever going to broadcast our church on TV, I would have told you, nope, not going to do it. Because our family, our church family, comes together in fellowship. That's what we do. But then the pandemic hit. And we were forced to move our church exclusively digital. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Our church family time has suffered. Do you feel it? Yeah, you know it, huh? Our church family time has suffered, and it's not our fault. Families are designed to be together. They are. As a church, we are designed to be together. I'll tell you this. Now that we're opening again with enough space here to socially distance and to be safe, we will not close again like we did. The church will not close again like we did. Our family, our church family made it through the pandemic, but now it's literally time to bring the family back together because there's so much There's so much that we can do together as a family that we can't do alone. Solomon even talks about that. Remember we were in Ecclesiastes earlier? He talks about this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He says this. Mind you, again, very wise guy, very rich guy. He says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is a case of the man who is alone without a child or a brother yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can, but then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. Watch this. Verse number 9, Solomon says this, Two people are better off than one, 
for they can help each other succeed. If a person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Even three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Church, you cannot do church alone. One person does not a family make. We are designed to be together, not simply for numbers. It's not about how many people come to church, because... It's because you were designed to be somebody to somebody. Somebody is depending on you to teach them something. Somebody at church is depending on you to cheer them up. Somebody is depending on you to be there to laugh with them and to listen to them. If you're at home right now and if you're watching Paris Valley Church online and if you've never been to Paris Valley Church in person, I invite you to join us next Sunday morning at the fairgrounds in Paris. Just Google that, fairgrounds in Paris, and you'll find us. You might be looking at a, for a church home because, because maybe you lost hope during the pandemic. And maybe you see that hope in Jesus, but you want to know more about that. Come! Come be part of the family. Because the family is back together. The family is here. We have room. And we have time. Prior to the pandemic, pastors would, would, were really split on whether they were going to broadcast their services or not. Some did, some didn't. Some pastors would say, here was an argument that investing in that broadcast equipment and training the, the audio video team just so we can set up a stage would possibly expand the kingdom to people who couldn't come to church. Or maybe it would be an opportunity for us to find people who are a long way away who can enjoy worship and the message from a different city. The other side of that argument says that Broadcasting church online is going to encourage that disenfranchisement in, in, in of, of fellowship, and, and it's going to turn the local church into just a television program. If, if the church is on TV, and if that's the sole value of church, if the sole value of church is measured by a 40-minute online teaching, there would be no need to attend in person because InstaChurch can deliver a high-quality, touchless, contactless, comfortable, safe soul care right to the comfort of our own home, eliminating the need for any kind of interaction. The COVID-19 pandemic, it forced pastors to initiate processes that led them into directions, and, and us included, that led us into directions that we had chosen not to go previously. And nobody is second-guessing those decisions to invest in, in this new way to deliver the gospel. But I am going to let you know and ask you and remind you that church is open, the family is here, the family needs you. 
And I'm going to ask you to measure church the same way you measure other areas in your life. Give church the same weight that you give work and that you give shopping and that you give restaurants. It's not simply because I want to see you here. I do. I want to see you here. But it's because somebody else needs you here. Because you are somebody to somebody. Finally, we've heard it time and time again. We are all part of the body of Christ. We're all part. If you're the little toe, that's a major part of the body because it actually helps balance. The rest of the body is very unbalanced without you. Family time is not just about what you get. And it's not just about what you give. But it's about being our part. I know I started off this morning telling you that everything that could go wrong this morning went wrong this morning. Except for one thing. There were people who showed up to put church together this morning. And I want to thank you so much for that. And for those of you who couldn't make it, I'm so thankful that, that the AV team has been here training and working hard. And Allie at home, thank you for being there for our digital audience. Thank you so much. We're at the fairgrounds in Paris. We're going to be outside next week. After that, we're going to move into this building right here on Sunday mornings. Remember when Chantel mentioned a few minutes ago that our tithing helps us do things like this? I'm going to let you know here, I'm going to let you know at home that this move into this building here is going to put our monthly rent at the highest that it has ever been in the existence of our church. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it because we get to minister to new families who are looking for Jesus in our area, in a room that is big and is safe and it gives us plenty of room to distance. Family time is so important. Our church family time is so important. Our church is back together, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Our church is back together, and it is about time.